0: Hi everybody. I'm sitting down to record this introduction to an amazing guest. In the earlier morning, I have a cup of coffee. I have my morning voice on and I'm just getting settled in here to the to the day. How are you doing? How is 2023 so far? For me, feels like a refreshing new beginning. And I have felt like I've been in this liminal space for the past couple of years of not really feeling super grounded or confident. And this year it feels like the energy is changing in a positive way. I know that after the new year and the holidays, it takes us a while to get our bearings. and I feel like this month is just flying by. I'm recording this towards the end of January. And I can't believe it. I can't believe that January is almost done. But I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered what your soul animal is? I know, not a normal everyday question. But today we have a very, very fascinating guest. She is a soul animal guide. She is notorious in Wilmington. Her name is Fox Lantern, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. We get into her background, how she came into this, how she came into her gifts and her abilities, and how much of an impact it can have when you know your soul animal. So plug your earphones in and get ready. You are going to probably be fascinated by this conversation. And if you get a reading with her, you have to tell me, what is your soul animal? Leave a comment on Instagram or send me a DM. I would love to know. Enjoy this conversation with Fox Lantern. Hi, Fox. Hi. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I have been literally looking forward to this and envisioning our time. So thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This is going to be fun, I think, today.
0: I think so. I think so. I have shared with um, my folks over on Instagram a little bit about the animal soul reading that I did with you back in 2021. And uh, it was a super popular post. People were so curious and had so many questions. And to have you here in this space with me, I'm just, (laughs) I'm so excited to share what comes through with everybody today.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to answer questions and, and bring a little bit more light to what I do and maybe help help you and anybody who's listening, like yes. understand it a little bit more so that they don't feel so apprehensive about approaching these kinds of subjects in the metaphysical community. So this will be good.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I do have quite a few questions. Um. So I appreciate you being open and we'll just roll with it. But before we get into specifically what you do in your work and you know um, your notoriety here in, in our town and beyond, tell us just a little bit, if you will, about you before you were a soul animal guide and yeah, tell us about you and if there were any breadcrumbs or inklings that you would be doing this work in the world.
1: Absolutely. Plenty of breadcrumbs, Um, (laughs) if not giant slaps in the face, but I wouldn't have known it until I started doing this about 13 years ago. So um, a little bit about me. I was born and raised overseas. My father worked for the U.S. government, so we moved around a lot um, to different countries while I was growing up. So I have that as at the root of like big parts of who I am and who I identify as. And I think that those experiences, being able to be in different ecosystems, different environments, definitely fed into this line of work that I'm a part of. Um, Animals have always been there for me from a very young age I have plenty of stories and possibly if you talk to my mother horror stories about me interacting with wild animals or trying to get close to them um, and talking to them and I say talking in quotation marks because animals definitely do communicate but not in the same way that humans do obviously they it's it's a whole other uh, I think podcast on Mm. that particular subject, but I would approach them, um, animals always made sense to me as a child, and so that was a big part of the, the, uh, foundations for what I do, for sure. Um, then throughout the years moving around, um, when I would learn how to draw, I would draw animals all the time. It was a way for me to work through some of my, own experiences. Animals made more sense than people. So that was kind of what I would create uh, around me. And, um, and when I got into high school and I was doing my art uh, projects, I would incorporate a lot of animals, both uh, like real, but also animals of legend to kind of work through the, the, the psyche of myself. Um, college, I went to school for veterinary science and I did that for six and a half years, worked emergency. Wow. Um, and <laughs> so I have a background in actually working with animals, understanding them on a biological level, but also um, I have a deep love for animal and human behavior. So that kind of was an underlining tone to all of that. So fast forward to about 13 years ago when I left the veterinary world. Um, I fell back into my art, started creating from there. And then it was my art that got me to a metaphysical store here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And there I started working with other readers, healers, psychics, intuitives. And of course, they all say, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, everybody's intuitive. And of course, at the time, I didn't feel like I had what they had. I was sitting in rooms with people who were able to see people who have passed angels, you know, light spirits, beings from other planets and other worlds. Like I did not feel like I was anywhere in the same vein of their world. Um, so I just kind of sat and learned and absorbed. I read all of the classic books, like the vortex and the mm. four agreements and all of those things, right? And I started to understand the basic ideas of energy, And then one day we got books in on spirit animal guides and in true lackadaisical fashion, right? I was asked since I worked with animals, if they were an animal, what would they be? And suddenly just things started like clicking. And I just said, what came to mind? It wasn't a magical, like blue fairy coming out of the void to be like, behold, your gift um, it definitely wasn't like that. It was just kind of matter of fact. And then, of course, the individuals that were around me when I said what I said, they went straight to those books that we got and they started reading and thumbing through them and found a lot of correlations to what I was saying that matched up books that I'd never read before. So now my curiosity had peaked and now I was like okay there's something to this and slowly thanks to the readers that were in that space they would bring out their clients to me and just be like hey do the thing that you do and I would do it (laughs) and people would be like oh my god that's me and I'm like that's crazy And I'm still very like to this day still amazed that there is something there to it right And then I started to really get into researching. And of course, I came across a lot of shamanic practices from around the world. There are a lot of different cultures, obviously, Mm -hmm. I think it's just natural for human beings to lean towards nature when looking for answers, uh, in a spiritual sense. So there are a lot of cultures who incorporate animals into their practices, but what I was finding was different to what I do versus what they were doing is that I could see all kinds of animals. Yes. Um, I wasn't just seeing a, an animal from a very specific region, um, or topography or geography, right. I was seeing all kinds of animals. And it wasn't just a broad spectrum, like, oh, you're a horse because there's a lot of different types of horses out there or, or you're an Eagle, you know, or in your case, a dolphin, right? Like there's a lot of different types out there. And then that was where I started to really develop my theories as to what it was I was actually picking up on. And those were the breadcrumbs that kind of got me to here. And they're all facets <laughs> of, of who I am in my practice for sure.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell me, like, what was it like for you when you started to trust this gift? Because to your point, you're not just identifying someone as a cat or a dog or a horse. You're very specific in the species that you are identifying. And mm-hmm. how it sounds like it was a muscle that you just had to learn to trust. Would you say that's accurate? Yes.
1: Absolutely. And even to this day, after 13 years of doing this professionally, I still have moments where I ask myself if I'm just straight up cookie dukes, you know, (laughs) it's, (laughs) you know, I think it's just a part of, uh, of what we do as intuitives. Um, I think that check in is a good ego check too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, well, you know, this could just be a really good game of pretend or (laughs) there is something to it. And then it's, it's usually when I start asking that of myself and checking in with myself that way, that there are some pretty amazing things that happen. And so when those things happen, when there's affirmations, confirmations, validations through the people and the situations that I'm in, it draws me back in. To further understand why I can trust this gift, why I can trust what it is that I'm doing, and just kind of keep following it, it's it's tough though. Just like earlier, you know, um, I I was sitting here and I was trying to tap in to to check on my own gift, and sometimes my own ego will will test me and Mm. it'll put me in that space of fear and, and Mm. make me wonder whether or not like this is something that I can do and and whether or not there's legitimacy to it. I think that that's normal though, as any practitioner, if there's a practitioner out there, who's like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's Mm. that. And it's only that I would worry, you know, that they're not, they're not fully checking in. And I think that that's part of learning trust, right? But it became a muscle, definitely. And it is a muscle that I have to keep working at. Um, And it's, it's a, the trust part, the deepest part of what I do specifically, the trust is to know that there are animals out there that I don't know exist, and then trust that what I'm getting is out there. Case in point, I did a session for somebody a few years back, and all I saw in my mind's eye was what's shaped like a dove or a pigeon, right? Cause they're in the same family and they have a very specific shape to them, but it was colored like a parrot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't think this is a real animal, you know, like in my head, I'm seeing these bright parrot colors like yellows and greens and purples, but it's shaped like a pigeon and a dove. And I know that like, you know, the pigeons that we see in New York or in Paris, right? Like they have colors on them, but they're predominantly grays and browns. So to see this, I was like, okay. So I went to Google, thank goodness. I have that in this day and age. Right. And I typed in parrot colored dove and found the fruit dove from the Philippines. So, and that was exactly what I was seeing. I just didn't know you wow. know and and so that's that's the part that's been kind of crazy and zany for me um because I'm learning along the way too well, there are billions of people there are billions of animals millions of species ones that are even extinct you know and I've got to like tap into that and trust
0: can you let's back up just a minute to, yeah yeah because I think that there's uh very something very distinct and special about your gift and what what you are bringing through. Um, can you just tell? Because I think it's common for people to know the term spirit animal. Can Absolutely. you just um, share for us or enlighten us? What is the difference between um, what you're doing with soul animal guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus spirit animal or totem animal? Like, can you kind of yeah. break it down a little bit? The distinction. So-
1: for a long time early in my practice, I was calling what I do spirit animal work. Um, and that was because a lot of people that I met only knew those, those terms, right? And it worked for me for a long time. I think that that really lent itself to being able to connect with people too, because it's terminology that was comfortable and known. Um, but in recent years, maybe in the last five years, I started calling what I do soul animal work because I felt that there is a distinction between that and general spirit animal guidance, right? So in in my terminology, a spirit animal guide or a spirit animal is an animal that shows up on your journey to help you. Mm-hmm. This animal could be a physical animal, like you could be driving down the road and and see a beautiful hawk, like fly down in front of you. And then there's that message from the universe. You could be having a dream about a polar bear uh, over and over again. You could have a guided meditation, and you see a spider. Um, you could hear a commercial or see. a a type of t-shirt with a logo on it over and over again. Um, These are animals that the universe is using to talk to you, to help you, right? Whereas the soul animal is the animal, the species specific animal that represents your core energy signature. So think of our core energy signature, the soul, the vibrational frequency that makes you who you are within your body, right? The life force, if you will my theory is that what I'm seeing and what I'm interacting with in these, um, you know, spiritual metaphysical situations is that in the form of an animal, it's not that you are an animal, it's mm-hmm. that your soul energy or your core energy vibrates at a similar frequency. And by understanding that, then we can start to map out the ins and outs of, how you connect with the world around you, what your communication styles are like, what your needs are on a very deep level, on a level below the surface of your physical experience, but more on your like metaphysical plane. So that's where I started like really differentiating my practice. And I, I truly believe that there is something to it. I don't know exactly just yet the magnitude of that, but the more and more people I've met over the years and the more I've helped them like uh, connect with that part of them. And I I use animal biology kind of like a a culture in itself, like I was saying earlier. And when I help people re-identify their, their internal vibrational culture, then they can start to express themselves more authentically and more full-heartedly mm-hmm. in their experiences in, in their physical human experience right so that's the the big difference so spirit animal is a guide mm-hmm. a soul animal is you on the on a very core level
0: beautiful oh thank you for sharing mm-hmm. so in and, and the essence of that soul animal does it change or are you in your in your work seeing that that is a core a core essence that stays consistent for you lifetime after lifetime.
1: My working theory is based around loosely based around physics, right? Energy can't be destroyed. It moves, right? So if we apply that to the metaphysical idea of reincarnation, then that energy gets moved into new experiences when the old experiences, for example, the carriage, the body, right, that, that dies, then the energy moves into a new space. So when I started really formulating my, my ideas around my practice, my theory is, is that no, your soul animal wouldn't change because your soul animal is the representation of that energy that cannot be destroyed. So Theoretically speaking, if you had a past life as a postal worker, right, like you may have been, um, you know, running the post in the hills of Taiwan in your past life, and you would still have the same animal then than you, that you do now. It's just that you had a different experience with it. So the energy itself does not change so my 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 personal idea is that every lifetime I've been a red fox energy. It's just that the bodies change, the experiences change, but it's because that energy itself is required in those spaces the same as it's required in the spaces that I'm in now, in a different way with different people. So, if you think about energy like an ecosystem, ecosystems demand balance. You know, it's one thing I talk about a lot with people and ecosystems maintain their balance by the ebb and flow, the push and pull of each of the animals in that space. Mm -hmm. If you, if you go onto YouTube, you can look up um, how Yellowstone reintroduced wolves and it changed the course of the river. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best examples I've seen. But if you think about that and apply that to like your own experiences, that same idea, that same concept is in play all the time. So in that particular uh, story, the Yellowstone um, Park, National Park, reintroduced wolves. When the wolves came in, it called back the elk population. The elk had been decimating the uh, plant life along the course of the river. And when the elk population was pulled back, some of those plants got to grow back into place. And when they grew, the root system started solidifying the banks of the river. And when the banks of the river started solidifying, there was an erosion. And when there was an erosion, it invited beavers back. And when beavers came back, they came in and dammed up certain parts of the river and it changed the entire flow and course of the river, thus supplying Yellowstone with a new new ecosystem for it to thrive. So just the introduction of one species changed everything for that space. And If you think about like your family as an ecosystem, Mm -hmm. you think about your workplace, like an ecosystem, you walking in with your soul animal is influencing the ebb and flow of that space. Some places will be comfortable, others will not. And that's at the root and the foundation of how I help empower people.
0: Yes. Yes. I have chills. That is exactly the experience (laughs) I had working with you personally is, and I, I'll just share, you know, from, from what. I got out of our uh, session was profoundly helpful in terms of my own empowerment and and communication and like you said in you know allowing people to see potential areas of strength and weakness and how that all kind of comes into play to live really more fulfilled and that was i i've listened to our recording i um you can work we'll talk about how you can work with fox but i worked with her one-on-one in person um and we I recorded it. I've listened to it, I think two or three times now. I've taken notes. I mean, I got so much out of it. So it's not like I'm just like, oh cool, I'm a Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin. Yes. Uh, you know, I, it's I, a oh, long, okay. long name, long name. Yeah. Which is a jaw dropper <laughs> in of itself. And um, you know, how you tap into those specific species. I want to talk about that in a second, but I, you know, I have gotten so much out of that and it absolutely for me you know in my family I wanted to know who who are these animals I'm living with and we have so, we've so far identified my daughter as a what is she, a North American let me see if I can get this right a North American flying squirrel which is also yes. by the way bioluminescent and glows in the trees mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you all have any um insight into my daughter that is a hundred percent her she is flying uh you know her thought <laughs> process is very squirrel she flies around Getting into things and lighting up the world, I can see this um, so clearly. So when you know you started, well, when you found when I found out about my animal, I naturally wanted to understand the other animals in my ecosystem. So there's just so many cool layers that you can go with this and tap into and discover. And really, it's really profound. It's really helpful. When you let me ask you about your process a little bit, and you said this before, but I'm just curious, um, or maybe the listeners is wondering too, like. When you when you either because you work with people virtually, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I virtually and in person, but yeah, okay. But more that's virtually that's nowadays, that's thanks to say. COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> do you do you just kind of drop into their energy? Is it visual for you that you see, like you said, with the um dove parrot parrot dove? That do you see it, <laughs> or do you get like a, yeah. a voice that comes so, through? Like, how does your gift work?
1: Oh, it does. so I, I've been trying to describe this for years. I'm yeah. going to do my best again. Um, So with the virtual uh, appointments, right? So I usually ask for a photo ahead of time. And the photo, what that does is gives me a place to aim. Uh, do I think I need it? Probably not. I don't think I really need the photo. But I think for my own process, having one also gives me, you know, something to focus on for a second. And I don't even focus on it all that often. Typically when somebody sends me their photo, I glance at it, set it down and look away from it just as I would with a person. I don't typically stare at the person in my in-person sessions because I need to disengage to re-engage if you Mm -hmm. will. Right now, the part of my brain that I'm accessing, and this is the best way I could describe it, which is probably not its best selling point, but is the part of my brain that I use for imagination. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you can imagine an apple in front of you, that's kind of what's happening in my own brain. The same, the same way I can imagine an apple in front of me, I imagine a person's animal in front of me. And that that's where it starts. That's the click over. That's the, that's the changeover for that experience. But the key here is I'm not looking for an apple. Like I've not sat there and gone, okay, look for the apple, look for the Indo-Pacific mm-hmm. humpback dolphin. What I'm doing is I'm just going, okay, who am I dealing with? And sometimes it's like right there. I, I have it. They're right in my face. I know what that is. There's nothing else that it could be. Right. And other times it's bits and pieces like the fruit dove, right? So like um, I see the shape, I see the colors, but I don't know what to call it. Um, and then sometimes I hear sound I hear sounds that I recognize what they are, but now I have to find them. I don't know why that is. I have theories as to why that process unfolds that way. Sometimes I even just get a feeling for their ecosystem. Like I know that it's cold or I'll remember like being somewhere when I was a kid and be like, okay, so they must come from that part of the world. So I start to scan. Um, My theory is, is that sometimes when that's happening, it's, Maybe because that person's a little bit distant from their own self, their own authenticity. Mm. That's a working theory. Um, but for the most part, it's it's an unfolding. My mind is just unfolding that information, and then once I've got the animal, then I start to quote unquote talk to them.
0: Mm.
1: Now this is where it gets a little zany or zanier. <laughs> right? we here for right? it. That's
0: okay. Yeah, awesome, <laughs>
1: excellent. <laughs> I know I'm with the right crowd. Um, so what gets a little bit uh, <sighs> more convoluted, I guess, is that I'm talking to these animals. And again, I'm using quotation marks here, but I'm talking to these animals to get an idea of you specifically, the person that I'm reading specifically, right? Because here's the thing, I could be in a room full of the same animal, but all of you have different experiences. All of you have come from different ecosystems, environments, energetic uh, situations. You're the people who raised you are all different. So I have to tap into the individual. And when I tap into them, I start talking and sometimes i get imagery um that's very clear cut sometimes uh more often than not it's like a a vet checkup right so Mm -hmm. like i might be in a space and i see bruising along the side of the animal and so then i apply the concepts of you know the masculine and the feminine like and and the energy sides to that the chakras i start to really like look for clues as to where this is coming from Um, The other day I had a session with a dromedary camel and what was interesting was I kept getting the right side, the right ear was all clogged up Mm. um, and couldn't, it was like muffled, right? And that's, that indicates masculine energy. And I felt that there was trauma there, but what was interesting was I kept even though it was masculine energy, it was still feminine. And I didn't know what that was. So I kept conveying that to her. And so she finally spoke up and she said, actually, her first husband used to abuse her. And he hit her so hard on the side of her left head that she couldn't hear for years. But she always attributed him to being more feminine in how he behaved than masculine. So that's, that's, that's kind of how that information comes through. I have no other concept of where it comes from in that moment other than what I'm being presented and I trust that and sometimes people will be like I don't know what that is and then they'll come back years later and yeah. be like I know what that is and sometimes they're just like yep I know exactly where that came from and that's where we work on on healing on exploring the self so that part of my brain that I'm accessing is the same as your imagination but you're trusting that you're being led through the imagination. Mm-hmm those places to help that person and connect with that person on a deep level
0: wow that is powerful (laughs) what (laughs) i mean have you ever so based on what you just said i can um i guess uh deduce that you do have like have you ever met another you meet more than one of the same type of species because the species are so specific have you ever met like more like than one or is it kind of all um, Everybody's so their yeah,
1: own no, I, no, I, no, I meet groups, um, of, of same people, um, the animals that are the same. I, I obviously over the years have gotten, thankfully to meet a lot of red foxes. Yeah. Uh, I think that at, the more aligned you are, the more likely you're going to attract similar animals from your environment. Um, so it would not surprise me that you yourself, like the more you work on you, the more water animals would come into play, the more, the more you'd have that show up for you because it's there to enrich you. Um, so no, I've met a lot of the same kind of animals. I've met a few that it's only been one mm-hmm. of that animal. Um, I've met animals that are extinct, um, animals that were recently extinct, animals that have been long extinct, um, and again, for dear listener, <laughs> this one still is crazy to me. I met one dinosaur. What? So just one, one dinosaur. I'm hoping for more, but I have theories as to why I don't see them that much anymore. But again, those are <laughs> full on conversations for other days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I think I know the answer to this, but when you're outliving your life, you can for lack of a better word, turn this off and go about your day? Or, or do sometimes you yeah, just turn it on I mean, for fun when you're out in public and you're like, let's see who's in the room. <laughs> like, what I am I dealing with more, here?
1: <laughs> I think the people around me, my friends, my family, um, and even people who just know me through the work that I do, I think they're more curious than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it's not that it's on or off. I think it's always on, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm, I'm focusing on other things, right? Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a person just like anybody else. Like I'm thinking about what food I want to eat. That guy's hot over there. Like (laughs) I like movies. Ooh, when was the last time I had a piece of cheese? Do I have to go (laughs) to the gym? You know, those kinds of things are all what's happening in my brain. And so when somebody comes up to me and goes, what's that person's animal? I'm like, what, (laughs) where are you looking right now? You know, um, a lot of people want to know actors and actresses. Mm. Um, I try not to to go down those rabbit holes um, just because like there's there's a lot there and some of the actors and actresses that I've met over the years they may not necessarily want their real core self to be seen that openly so I'm kind of like it'll be you know what it is sure. um, when it comes around but yeah I, I do I can see if I focus I see but I Yeah. I don't, I don't do it as much as most people would think I would be doing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that for sure. What you're saying. And with um, regards to where do you see, I mean, or do you see uh, a specific vision for your work? Are you working on anything right now that you're, you're going to introduce or just kind of taking it um, as it comes?
1: So for years, people have been asking me for a book, and I hear them. And I, I want everybody to know that, that when they approach me for that, I hear it. It's, I've, I've been back and forth on what the book would be about, but the I finally settled into uh, an idea that I would talk about what I do through the idea of relationships and not just like romantic ones, but all kinds of relationships, because the number one question I get asked in almost all of my sessions is what's the best animal for me? Mm. You know, ultimately, like we've unveiled all of this about this person. And now they're just like, well, then who should I be looking out for? Like who would best benefit me? And my answer has always been, you can make it work with anybody. We're on a rock in space all Together and while there's very different ecosystems, all of those things are so pertinent to everybody being okay. Like if we got rid of whales, we wouldn't have the oxygen quality that we have now. And you're like, well, what do whales have to do with oxygen quality? Well, the phytoplankton that they eat and the the um, the poop that they pre- they create actually gives off a gas and that gas gets absorbed by a lot of trees on the planet and those trees then take that gas and turn it into oxygen for the rest of us you know so we got rid of whales there would be a big problem with the trees mm-hmm. on the planet the lung system wouldn't work so when i when i say to people you can make it work with anybody you can but i think what ultimately we all have to be a little bit honest with ourselves about is just because you can doesn't mean you always should, Mm -hmm. right? I think anybody who's listening knows those situations in their own life and can apply that statement across the board. Um, And some are better suited than others for the relationship and the life that you wanna build. So that's the premise of the book that I'd like to start really getting into working on. The other thing that I wanna start this year and I'm hoping in the next month or so um, to really get it going is Zoom groups for Like Animals. so what I would start with is, for example, cetaceans, so whales and dolphins, I would have a zoom group for all of you guys to meet and talk and we could discuss about general themes associated with all of those animals and then you can connect with each other and learn from each other. And then I would do an equine group which would include all of the uh, the (laughs) <laughs> the dolphins, they're not dolphins, um, the horses, the donkeys um, and the ponies. Right. And the zebras, all of those would be in that group. So that's one of the things I'm going to get started this year um, for everybody's benefit, but also for me to learn more, seeing all of you in one place. So, oh, that's so cool. I think that that will be, that will be something fun in and enlightening, enriching, hopefully enriching. We'll see, we'll see what happens when we put certain animals all in one place together. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, that, and that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Um, I continue to take one-on-one clients. I do a lot of couples work, you know, uh, a lot of people want to know how to better communicate with their partners. Um, I do a lot of, um, business counseling. So I do team building Mm -hmm. exercises, that kind of thing. And so that's been really exciting to see the dynamics and to also witness what a specific space calls into it for the work to be what it is, you know, um, that's always been fascinating to me. So it's, it's kind of a personal thing. And I think that that's where that passion for what I do comes, like where that comes from. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really, really rewarding to just watch people step into themselves through this. And I'm, like I said earlier, I'm very like proud, but not in like a prideful kind of way. I'm just, I'm starting to look around and finally accept that there is something to this. And I can look around and I see these people living authentically and identifying through these animals and it's just so profound to me and it's so inspiring to, to take it back and be like wow they're doing it I could do it too you know absolutely. even though I'm the person who's like facilitating it you know absolutely I mean by
0: that I mean it's it's just, exciting I'll just interject and tell you I mean from my yeah. perspective you know I moved to Wilmington back in April 2021 I knew a I, I knew a few people kind of but then you know in getting my bearings and starting to to settle into the community what you offer here is a another layer of people being able to connect in community because i have can't tell you how many times i've walked into whether it's a you know to get a massage or or at the salt cave or you know in anybody that's on the peripheral of of the healing community around here knows you and they know the most of them know their animal and so it's fascinating because you can <laughs> say like what's your animal and then you have this whole other layer of getting to know somebody and it's it's so it's such a benefit people people and and often it's what blows me away is i'm like oh my gosh i see that i so see that you are you know whatever it's it's fascinating yeah. and it it just i can just tell you like from my perspective it enriches the community we have here in wilmington what you do and i know that you are beyond just this community but you know in a in a space like this it's it's like people know you you're like you're notorious <laughs> for your work and i love it And i think the whole I'll world take it. i'll take it the whole world should know so i love that you offer <laughs> the ability to connect with people um you know outside of wilmington tell people um how they can find you or how you prefer that they find you.
1: Yeah. So I'm on my Instagram and if you visit my Instagram, you may not necessarily immediately see uh, that I'm a sole animal worker. So as far as my branding goes, like, I look more like an Iceland tour guide (laughs) than anything else because I'm so in love with like the earth and, and nature. And I like connecting through that, but my Instagram is the best place to find me. So it's at the Fox lantern. And I specifically chose that name because of what foxes represent when they show up as guides and messengers. Right. So, um, but the Fox lantern is where you can find me on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Um, And then, yeah, from there, it's just a matter of like talking about what you want, what you're looking for in my bio on Instagram, there are links to how to book me. So mm-hmm. you can go through that to see a little bit more about my price points and, and the information and what I need after, you know, you've, you've clicked what date you want, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, we'll just, we'll chat. Cause this is, yeah, that's, that's I- the best way. That's
0: I totally appreciate that. And now I have more questions yeah. because I we'll, we'll have I to th- have this conversation part two, because now I want to know about foxes and I want to know what the lantern I mean. has to do with everything. And I, I have so <laughs> many more questions, but thank you. I appreciate you so much being here and yeah. sharing your gift with the world and letting us into, you know, behind the curtain and, and what the process is like for you. It's, I'm just very grateful. Thank Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for, for asking the questions that you, you asked, you know, as, as a healer, you know, that it's not always often that you get a chance to fully explain what you do because you're, you're in work mode. So this has been really nice. So hopefully um, the questions that you have for next time, we can explore more. And if anybody else has questions, they can reach out and find me and we can go from there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Renee. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post on social media, or leave a rating and review. It would mean the world to me. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at feelgoodwithrenee. Thanks again, and I will see you next time.